Hello and welcome to WN35 Music Podcast. I'm Robert Lee and as always, I am joined by my good friend Kieran Makin and James McNeil. Fellas, say hello. Good afternoon. Hello. See, short and sweet, I like it. We're also joined by a special guest. Now, we wrote about him in an article a few weeks back and he was giving um, Skype guitar lessons and he was giving lockdown guitar lessons. We are pleased to be joined by uh, Mike Smith. Mike, uh, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Pleasure. Pleasure, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on board. We're, we're getting good at having these guests on. We had the lead singer of Creature Creature uh, last week, and, and now we've got a local rocker, Mike Smith, on this week. So we're going to hold on to the local element for the third time being, and we're just going to put it to one side and we'll come back to it, because today should have been the last day of the 50th, anniversary, uh, 50th birthday of Glastonbury. Now, Key, you really wanted to talk to it about this because you were like we need to do a podcast today on this right now <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh it's topical isn't it so um and, and obviously glastonbury is um in my opinion the biggest festival music festival in the world um others may differ but um so i think it just needs to be spoken about especially with you know this is going to go down in history the reason why it was cancelled as is you know everything else being cancelled around it really whether that's sporting events or music events or whatever but i just wanted to chat about sort of um what the bbc have done in the absence of the actual festival and then we can all you know pick uh well up to a maximum of three moments really our, our favorite moments of glastonbury of, of, of all time um so firstly the bbc um i'm sure people are aware but from thursday to monday they've um created the the Glastonbury Experience Live, um, which is they've picked past sets and they've put them on the iPlayer, BBC iPlayer. Um, and they've they've scheduled it almost like festival times, if you know what I mean. So it's almost like you can sit there, you sit on your couch all day and, and have a, a slice of Glastonbury, really, um, from legend, legendary sets gone by. Um, you can also uh, watch them by, you don't have to stick to the times, if you know what I mean. It's not like falls are on at four, so you have to wait till 4 p.m. You can watch whatever you want anytime but it's i suppose it's it's it's, it's kind of a bit of fun isn't it if you want to actually stick to this the sort of festivals routine and there's loads of uh great sets on there you know there's the killers cortinas Arctic monkeys all sorts i'm not going to list them all because there's there's loads of them um so i've i've uh had my dose i've been in and out of that really um but that was just a touch on it really but I, what i really want to do is obviously us get all our favorite moments and see what people have enjoyed over the years so do, do you want me do you want me to start or well just before you do i was going to say if you really wanted to you know really jump on the glastonbury experience what you could do is pop a tent up in your back garden <laughs> venture into the lounge get the telly on and get somebody to wave a flag in front of your face uh whilst you watch the music i think that'd be pretty authentic uh but no i've, I've just been looking at the, the 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 lineup of every day and it's just amazing it is just good but yes can you yeah. You can start with your uh, three greatest Glastow moments. Yeah, so firstly, quickly, as you said about the tent thing in the back garden, they've been doing the hashtag Glastow at home, hashtag, uh, hashtag Glastow at home, hashtag. Yeah. Um, and the people have done know. that thing, and they've, they've, they've set up their own little Glastonbury, like the, uh, you know, with themes that are, you, you can spot around the, the festival when you're there. Some really good ones, actually. So if you just search that hashtag, you'll be able to see all the weird and wonderful things that people have done in the back gardens. Um, but I'll crack on straight away with my top three moments, and then I'd love to hear your guys as well. But um, basically, I've, I've been to the festival twice. 
2016 and last year 2019 so this year obviously me and me and you Rob we were meant to be going and that would have been my my hat trick if you like um so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a moment from the the two years that I went and then I'll pick one from a year that I didn't go to which I watched on the telly um so I'll go from three up to one um and the third one is uh at number three will be the year that I didn't go and that was this was 2014 when uh, Kasabian headlined it um I love Kasabian. They're a massive band now, but they weren't always accepted, really, when they first started out. I think because they're quite different. They, they, they are, they've got elements of, you know, your indie rock elements, but they're quite, they were quite um, sort of advanced with the type of music that they uh, created in terms of, like, um, I think they dabble really in, like, techno and dance sounds, really, with, with a lot of tunes. If you look at Easy, for example, from the 4813 album, you know, that's not your typical indie sound, but it's great live. I and mean, that leads me on nicely, actually, because it was the 48-13 album tour when they headlined. And I just remember, um, if you've listened to that album, it starts with um, an intro track called Shiver, and it's about a minute long. And it just builds into the second track, which is Bumblebee. And it's just, it's pretty heavy, and it's just massive and in your face. And I just remember Shiver into Bumblebee live, watching it at Glass of it, and it just blew my head off, basically. And... Um, I just remember that that set. I think it, it was them becoming quite widely accepted, really. Um, so that's my third moment, Kasabian. My second moment is from 2016 when I first went to the festival. Um, and this is, uh, I've got you to thank for this, Rob, actually. Um, it was New Order on the other stage. Um, and can I wouldn't have watched them without jump in after ever this, eating, after Rob. you said this. Yeah. I can imagine, is there a crossover here? There is. There is. Um, it doesn't surprise me, though, but I have you to thank, really, Rob, because I would I never listened to New Order until I met you. Um, and they were on the same night as uh, Adele was headlining the Pyramid stage. Now, that was on last night on BBC, and I watched that. And, you know, she's she's an incredible singer, but she's not in my cup of tea. Um, so I went watching New Order on the other stage. And um, the standout tune it wasn't Blue Monday. It wasn't the cover of Love Will Tour as a pair at the end, which were both brilliant, but it was, um, again... Crystal, that was the second tune of the set, I believe. And again, that blew my head off a bit like Bumblebee did, really. So that sticks with me. And they are amazing live, New Order. They are so yeah. good live. Um, so th- that's number two, but it could have easily been number one. But number one's from last year. Now, I, I just, if I could, I'd pick the whole festival. Um, and I, and in particular, I'd pick the whole Saturday because that was that the Saturday was the perfect day for me. It was um, Jerry Cinnamon. Uh, Liam Gallagher, Cortinas and the Killers, but I'm going to pick the Killers set because for me, for me it's everything that, that Glastonbury is. I think you put a show on when you headline Glastonbury for me, and you play all your hits, and you you know you, because it's such a wide ranging audience. Obviously, there's a lot of there'll be a lot of casual fans there. It's not always the hardcores, so you have to play your hits because that's you know how you get the crowd involved because they'll know those songs more than you know the niche album songs that obviously the hardcore fan base like. So they got that absolutely spot on with the hits and the timing of the hits during the set. And Brandon Flowers just works the crowd so well. But what topped it for me was when, after having the Pet Shop Boys on with him, he dragged Johnny Marr on stage and then they, they covered this charming man. And I've never seen so many people just go bananas like that. And that sticks with me. So um, the killers, but if I had to pick a specific moment, it was when they covered this charming man with Johnny Marr. So there you go, that's my top three. Kasabian headlining in 2014 on the Pyramid stage, New Order, headlining the other stage in 2016 and the killers headlined the pyramid stage in 2019 so 
over to whoever wants to go next. I think we'll pass it over to our guest next. Mike, what is your top three Glasto moments? Right, well, I'm because I'm, I'm a little bit of a dinosaur, I'm going to go get my time machine and go back to 1997. And it kind of ties in with something that we might do right at the end because I'm just, just looking at the lineup here now. And in 1997, there was an album that came out called OK Computer. Don't know if you guys have ever heard it. Oh, I've heard it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> iconic. So, it's an iconic album. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, just looking at the lineup here. You got you got Radiohead, Smashing Pumpkins, The Prodigy, Cooler Shaker, Ray Davis from The Kinks. It's just just an unbelievable lineup. The Seahorses, they only ever did one album um, with John Squire on guitar. Incredible, incredible album. And God. I remember, yeah, he is, he <laughs> is. And I remember watching it on TV at the time. So so rather than do my top three because I'm more I'm more Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, and more seventies kind of stuff, really. But looking at this lineup here from 1997, it's just incredible. Who else? Stereophonics. I mean, what album? What album were they released then? 97 performance of cocktails, maybe? Or I think it was. Yeah, uh, that was the second album, wasn't it? Performance of cocktails. Yeah, um, they did do an album previous to that. So yeah, I think you spot on. But Rob usually do. Yeah. This is where Rob steps in now and starts googling more. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the dance stage, Primal Scream, Daft Punk. You know Daft what I mean? Punk, oh, so, so yeah, I, rather than do a top three, I would say my top three is in this 97 lineup. So it's got to be The Prodigy, Radiohead, and Daft Punk for me. See, I'm going to have to interject now because it wasn't Performance and Cocktails. That was 1999. No. no, Word Gets Around was 1997. Yeah. And that the was first yeah, it was so their, first, was their album. first album. Yeah, and yes, Kieran, I did do a little bit of googling for that because <laughs> <laughs> I remember at the time, I remember at the time, '97, I was a big Manic Street Preachers fan. Still am. First four albums, amazing. And I had this stupid thing where I used to think, oh, Stereophonics, they're a Welsh band. There's only one band from Wales you know, at the time when I was young and stupid, but. Uh, yeah, they're classic albums, aren't they? They're just fantastic. I think that's what you want as well. Like if when you go to, like like Key said, when you go to Glastonbury, you want the classics, you want the hits, you want everybody to know because you want the whole crowd bouncing. I mean, which kind of makes me, you know, question one of the picks that I've got. But we'll we'll wait on that and we'll savor that because Jay, I'm going to come to you next on this. Come what is to your top three? Can I just point out, by the way, before I move on, sorry, 1997, what a quality year for Glasgow that was. The Prodigy, Radiohead. Take me there right now. Get me get me that time machine. Daft Punk. I want to go. Daft, Daft Punk, Punk as well. I'm just trying to think what, what album would have been out by Daft Punk in 1997. It might but... have been this, uh, the one with Around the World on. Um... Yeah, it would have been because it would have been one of the one of the early ones. Cause... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're right down the list as well. So it would have been very early days. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think we could talk about Daft Punk in 1997, Glastow, forever. However, yeah, Jay. Yeah, sorry, sorry, just before no, you go. No. But anybody watching this, just Google the 97 Glastonbury poster. It'll blow your mind. We'll we'll find it and we'll put it on when we send out this podcast. I think that's what we'll do. But Jay, your top three Glastow moments. 
my top three costumes. Well, before I get into them, I like to point out I only really paid attention to Glastonbury last year and last year alone. So when I was doing my research, looking through, my top three moments were all from that year. But then I decided I'll venture out a little bit, venture out, and I'm going to start. I'm, nobody's probably ever going to believe this, but I may or may not have talked about this band. <laughs> blossoms. Oh, really? The Blossoms? Yeah. The, bl- From the Stockport by any chance? <laughs> yes, yes, they are. And I'm going to go with their 2016 set. So they were still just starting out and they were just released their debut album, like self-titled Blossoms. So it's just all songs from there, but they also threw in the Beatles Manic Monday as a cover, just second to end, just casually throwing that in there. And it was very hard to find on YouTube to find this set, but because I didn't watch them at the time and I have bias towards them because they're from Stockport and I love them daily, I'm throwing that into my top three. And then next, let's go with, I know Key mentioned Liam Gallagher in 2019. I'm going for Liam Gallagher in 2017 just announcing himself back into the music world like he's here to stay and just looking at the set list like there's so many amazing songs like he comes out to fucking in the bushes followed by rock and roll star then morning glory then wall of glass like as as first three songs go can you get much better it's going to be very hard to find I know, and and he'd just come back from it because he'd just done the one love Manchester, and then he'd come back and did that. Uh, Jay has used up our one F word to keep this PG show, so anything after that we'll have to turn it into an eighteen rate, uh, fifteen rating. So anyway, there's a little disclaimer on that. It comes after, but you know. <laughs> I do apologise, but it's just song titles. I can't, it can't help it. it can't help it. And then finally, I'm going to 2019 with Lewis Capaldi because I just think this was the time I jumped on his bandwagon because he was starting to get big and then when he came out with the Noel Gallagher t-shirt no Gallagher t-shirt with him in a love heart I just thought that was absolute class and then performed some amazing songs as well like Someone You Loved Hollywood, Bruises like just fantastic songs as well but I just think considering they were having a little bit of beef and then come out on like the biggest stage of them all you know, it's like no gather thing, and they played a video beforehand about how much he loves him. Just thought it was absolutely class. Yeah, so, yeah that, that, that was three. a good moment. That I, I do remember that because it was like it was like the the end of that kind of small feud between Noel and Lewis Capaldi. It was done and dusted there, and I think Noel kind of said afterwards that he kind of admired that that kind of you know I use the word banter because I can't. I'm not going to use the word I was going to use anyway. Yeah. No, no, I agree. Get too, I don't think you could get two more contrasting people, really. Especially Noel in the 90s when he was quite ruthless. And yeah. Well, I mean, he is kind of like, Kicking people out of bands because they're not good enough and all that. And you just think... Uh, but fair play to Capaldi for taking him on, really, I suppose. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that's got to gain respect at somewhere in the music world. Now it's my top three. And I'm just looking at this. And I'm going to start with uh, 2017, actually. We're all dial it back to 2017. And this is the one that I said I wasn't sure about. Um, but let me just refresh your memories. The Killers played um, on the Sunday with Barry Gibb in the legend slot. 
But just before that was Sheik with Nile Rodgers. And he just absolutely blasted it. It was amazing. I mean, he pulled out he pulled out the classics and it was like oh, I just I loved it so much. It was the one where I just stared at the telly going, that's amazing. And it was possibly the first set that I, that I'd watched. I mean, I've watched others before, but the first set I'd watched were going, I need to go and experience that. It's just, I mean, Sheik are amazing anyway. And I can see a lot of nodding going on. And there was a celebration from Mike when I said Sheik and now Rogers. Well, I mean, he, he wrote he wrote a load of songs with David Bowie, you know, Let's Dance. He wrote all them. He plays rhythm guitar on them. He wrote more songs than most people I can think of, to be honest. He's, a, he's just an incredible songwriter and yeah. guitarist. Because uh, he, he also featured, and we've mentioned him, Daft Punk uh-huh. with, with Get Lucky and Pharrell Williams. Uh, but just picking out some of the songs from that from that set list, he had Everybody Dance, I'm Coming Out, Upside Down, amazing. And then uh, it, I, I could just go on. Uh, you uh, understand that I've got everybody dance in my head all day now. <laughs> I don't care. It, it should be there. It should be there. Uh, and then it's got La Freak as well. Um, I'm just trying to think of what the new, the latest one was. It Was it everybody dance? No, it wasn't. I'm now going off on a tangent here because I'm desperately trying to think of the song that he released that year off the back of Daft Punk. And it's going to annoy me that. But I'm going to move on to something that's already been mentioned. And it was 2016. And it was New Order Key, like you mentioned, and they were, they went toe to toe with Adele on the on the pyramid stage. Uh, they were on the other stage, and you wouldn't have known that they were on the other stage. You wouldn't have known that they were going up against Adele at the time because they just didn't care. And it was actually during Crystal that Key rang me, so that is the most involved I'd been at Glastonbury at that point. Uh, but it was just a great moment because it was like it was nice to know that somebody was like, listen to this. And it was like, it was great. And they, and they played plastic, uh, Tutti Frutti off the, the latest album, Music Complete. Then they did uh, dial it back to Crystal, Blue Monday, True Faith. But it was just before, um, just before uh, he played Bizarre of Triangle. He went, let's get the dancers out and then played Bizarre of Triangle. And that's just, just perfect. That's what it should be. And then uh, my top moment comes from 2013. It was off the back of the award-winning album, AM, and it was Arctic Monkeys at Glastonbury. And they just came on, and it was it was almost... You could hear the crowd kind of chanting a bit, but it was getting quiet. And then they just blasted Brian Storm, and it was like, that is quality. And like you said, they, they performed. They didn't just, like... They didn't just, like, play the music. They put on a show... They were exactly how you'd expect the Arctic Monkeys to be, 24-7, and they just carried on, and they loved it. And, yeah, that they are my three moments. Chic in 2017, New Order in 2016, and Arctic Monkeys in 2013. I mean, there's loads of other, you know, moments that you could pick for. If you're, you know, if you're slightly older and you've been to Glastonbury, you might pick out Oasis 94. There's Paul McCartney in 2004. You know, the, the list could... I could go on forever. There's 50 years of it. Um, so if you are listening and you came through Facebook or Twitter and you've got a top three moment from Glastonbury, then drop it, drop it in the comments, and you know we'll probably agree with you because most moments from 
Glastonbury pretty amazing. Now that does move us on. Back it went moves us back to our guest as he uh as he as he looks up all sheepish. I don't think I've told him about this bit, so it's a bit of a surprise. You didn't tell me about the Glastonbury bit either. <laughs> well, we just <laughs> like surprising people. Um, yeah, man. So this bit is a music story. I've done it. Uh, uh, our two of the guests, uh, Josh and Ailsa, have done it. Uh, it's kind of a thing that we're kind of going along. It's one of our features. It's kind of how you got into music and you, where your influences came from and kind of how you ended up where you are today listening to the music um listen uh, the music that you do now so it's kind of down to you and where it all started and how it blossomed into what it became oh well obviously we had a telly i I know i live in wigan i don't live in a muddle we had a telly but it was never on it was never on when i was a little kid and my dad's records were on and I think maybe by the age of four, five, I knew all the words to all the songs on the White Album and, and Let It Be. Let It Be was like my favourite. So I suppose I just come from the background of listening to music rather than watching telly. Um, and I suppose, obviously, everybody wants to play drums, don't they? Let's face it. No. No. No, come on. Say if you're in a band and you, you're practicing and everybody fa- has five minutes, so it's about who can get on the drum kit first. Well, it was for me anyway. <laughs> but uh, I think drummers just look hard, don't they? They do. They do, yeah. They just, they just whack it, basically. <laughs> they, they do. Well, I think it is full circle. The, the bass player wants to be the guitarist and the guitarist wants to be the drummer, basically. That's, that's what I think about it. Anyway, so... Drums were totally impractical living in a mud hut, so it was a case of guitar really. And um, yeah, I was quite lucky really. My parents paid for guitar lessons for me, and my uncle was in bands, and I'm in a band with my uncle now actually, which is interesting to say the least. Um, but yeah, just uh, guitar lessons. I had a list as long as my arm of songs that I wanted to learn. And I was a little bit naughty as well. I used to wag school, put my mum's Led Zeppelin records on when she, when she came home from work. I'd be like, look what, look what I've, look what I've learned, which is, you know, it's what I do now. So it's more important than school for me, really. And uh, started my first band when I was 15, and we were called Legs Akimbo. And at that age, we didn't even know what it meant. We we got it off uh, League of Gentlemen. Uh, you know, the theatre company in League of Gentlemen are called Legs Akimbo. So, <laughs> so we were called that, and we were absolutely horrendous, as you can imagine. We were terrible, but we thought we were great at the time. And then from that, I joined an originals band, and and that was hard work, kind of, because back in that, back in back then, if you was to play, say, at the Music Box in Manchester, you'd have to buy a hundred tickets off the venue. And then it was up to you to sell them kind of thing. So you can picture it, can't you? are playing in, in Manchester on a Thursday night. There's like 10 people there and you've paid for 100 tickets and you've sold 10 of them. So that would that was hard work. So I love doing my own songs and that, but it's hard work. So then I thought, right, how can I earn some good money from this? So I, I started, um, I joined a cabaret band, like um, a corporate events band and, 
played some great gigs with them. We ended we um, we played at Twickenham for the World Cup final. Australia, New Zealand. I think that might have been um, 2015, maybe. Yeah, it'd have been 2015. Yeah, and and we played some Six Nations games. And I'm not talking in the centre circle at half time or <laughs> like in the bar outside, you know, like the corp hospitality area. And then, but it was it was kind of like playing. Not that there's anything wrong with Brown Eyed Girl, but when you when you're playing Brown Eyed Girl three times a week for three years, it kind of eats away. Yeah, when I when I really wanted to play Led Zeppelin, so. Then I had the stupid idea of doing a Led Zeppelin tribute uh, with uh, my uncle. And he said, well, I want to do a Black Sabbath tribute. So I jokingly said, well, why don't we do one set of Led Zeppelin and one set of Black Sabbath and call ourselves Black Zeppelin? I was just joking, really. And then that's what we ended up doing. And that's what I do to this day. Well, obviously not at the minute because, well, the obvious, because of the obvious, like, but. So yeah, oh, and I started teaching guitar as well. So as soon as I left college, started teaching guitar, and that's where I met young Robert. Was it was sorry to embarrass him. No, no, it's fine because I know where this is going. Yeah, you do know where it's going, and I'm sure you knew I was going to say it. But I never forget knocking on his door. His dad answered, and Robert was behind him crying, hiding and crying. Whoa! Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, I was going to say, Jay's got the, he's got all the original. That is the first lesson, by the way, when you open it up, <laughs> that, that you ever, ever, ever taught me. You see, you see, I was, I was stood behind my dad crying, but I can yeah. flip this full circle because I can get my own back. Because there was a time when Mike left to go to do a year in Australia, living in Australia, and you've been my guitar teacher for eight, nine years at this point, maybe eight years at this point. Um, I thought I'll get him a get him a card to say thank you for you know putting up with my terrible attempt at playing the guitar, and inside I put some Australian dollars and it no, went full. Put, no, you didn't put some in, Rob. There was a hundred dollars in there, Bob. There you go. See, I'm just a generous guy, and uh, and uh, Jay, you're pointing at yourself. I'm not going to give you a hundred Australian dollars because <laughs> <laughs> you you can't spend them in this country and be you're not. Yeah, just to Australia, ten quid, Rob. That's all it wants. <laughs> I'll buy you a Freddo, mate. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was quite emotional. I, I won't lie. I won't yeah. lie. I was. It was really touching. But I'm sure Rob didn't put him in. I'm sure his mum and dad did. Just no, no. I, I wrote the, the card. I wrote the card. Put it in. Sealed it up. Signed, sealed, delivered. Uh, signed, sealed, delivered. Awesome. Yeah, but that's kind of how it went full circle. And I think that's kind of it shows, you know, when you're learning an instrument, for me, like, for me it wasn't just about, you're not just learning songs. You, when you've got a, a, like a teacher and you've got one to one tuition, like it is a bit more about you know building something of you know friendship really, and I, that's kind of what I took from it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you've even copied off me with the beard. I know, I did. I, I didn't grow it as well though, because I've got like three little bald spots, like one I've there. And the... is it your filtrum? Is that your filtrum? I think so. Yeah, I can't grow either. It's no, like neither can I. I don't know why I'm doing that because it's. I'm Nobody can see. It so you can see, but it's <laughs> audio only, isn't it? Then I get, then I get there. Just we've got, we're going to become a beard podcast, but beards are important in the music world. I mean, you look at, yeah. look at ZZ Top. You know, the length of the beard produced the music, in my opinion. Just on a little bit of maths, and you know, you were saying about uh, you play Brown Eyed Girl three times a week for three years. Yeah, you could have potentially played it four hundred and sixty-eight times in in three years. There you go. Every um, day's Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm just happy I didn't have to do that. 
I can play it for you now if you like. What a road we've gone down, <laughs> by the way. It's just what it's about, you know. It's what it should be. That's what music is. Music is a journey. Yeah, in all seriousness, um, like, for me, music is uh, about bringing people together, whether that's through Mike teaching you, Rob, or you going to a gig with and having the best time in life with, you know, you don't know 98% of the people there, but it's still... And that's what I miss the most, actually, about anything, like, because music's been, you know, we've covered it, 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 it's not dried up, as it, in terms of being released during this period of time, but, like, going seeing a live gig is just, like, that, that that's what I miss the most, basically. Just well, miss think, that sense think, of camaraderie. And... I think from this lockdown, some good things will come of it, because... I think people, and I'm I'm certainly one of them, I used to take two gigs a week and sometimes it's like, oh, you know, and you take it for granted, don't you? And now it's been taken away. I think when things do come back again, people will appreciate it a lot more, a lot more than they realise, actually. Yeah, and that's a good point. And maybe people will be like, they'll be wanting to get that fixing. During this time, it's, you have been more supporting your local, you know, you know, whether it's shops, veg shops, farm shops, sewing yeah. shops, shoe shops, whatever, you, you do support local more in times like this. Vinyl record shops. Vinyl record shops as well, you know, you've got to support them. Um, you've, that, But that's what I mean, you've got to support your local because you can't really just go and nip to the Trafford Centre to go to HMV or nip into Aflex Palace to visit the massive record shop. You've got to support your local you know, maybe Jay could go to Affleck's Palace as he lives pretty much on the doorstep of Manchester, but when travelling was down to a, an hour a day, you, you've got to do what what you can. And yeah, I just think when when it all comes back, everybody will be like, well, what's a local gig that we can go to? What's a local music? Who, who's coming up? What can we do? And just to get that fixed. And I think people will be buzzing off it. I know everybody was worrying, saying the economy is going down because nobody's spending money. Don't worry, when lockdown's over, we're all going to go mad with all the money we've saved. Well, you only need to look at McDonald's, don't you? Yeah. Any McDonald's has been mental. And then police, police escorts and all of that. Yeah, that, but that, that's what hopefully is going to happen to the local, the local yeah. businesses. And I, I, I do hope so, especially local record shops. Because without, like anything, you, you, you are up against an ever-digitalising world. But I think vinyl, well, vinyl is making a comeback because it's got that, you know, collectability with it. And like we joked about before, before this, uh, before this podcast, Key's got a 99p beautiful South uh, vinyl. That that people will want that. People will want to collect that. So they're not having it. <laughs> <laughs> not for sale. But yeah, c- c- I, I will mention you know, bigger beats. I'm going to mention them because that was a local record shop where I probably bought about 40, 50% of my albums from now. So get on them. They're in Wigan where Bulldog Tools used to be. Everybody knows where that is in Wigan. If you don't, you should be ashamed. Oh, you tell, them, tell, tell them about your uh, your little uh, record that you got from the, your special one. Oh, I've mentioned that so many times, but I love telling it because I won a signed oasis seven inch uh do you know what i mean album and it got pictured on the steps in wigan where they took the picture and it's signed by brian cannon i'm pretty sure i've mentioned that in every podcast now <laughs> just like yeah, jay and the good. blossoms <laughs> nice way to move on actually because you mentioned local a lot yeah 
and you've mentioned getting new vinyl and we've got our local focus and you've got a new vinyl to talk about. So it's almost like these things are just meant to be. They, they all just line up, don't they? And before we jump on, well, actually, I'm going to talk about this local. It's not a vinyl, it's a CD. You remember CDs? How cool were CDs? We put them in your car and I've changed them. They were the days then. Or making a mixtape. Uh, but this one, it's called The Quaintest Show on Earth. And uh, they're a they're band from Wigan. And it, it's their 2017, I'm going to say EP, because there's only four, uh, there's only three tracks on it. You've got uh, Mulder River, Better Way to See the World, and Day to Day Parade. And it is from uh, the, the EP called uh, Day to Day Parade. It was released in 2017. But I just walked into uh, HMV and I was looking away at records, as, as you do, because I was in Wigan at the time. And every time you, you walk past the HMV, it's the law to go in one if you're a music fan. Um, and it was actually my girlfriend, Amy, that, that pointed this out. And it was only four quid. It was like, oh, you could talk about this for your website. You could talk about this for the website. And I was just like, yeah, I will. And I'd had it in my hand. And then the guy who worked in HME kind of like creeped up behind me and went, you've got to support your local artist. I'm like, all right, I'm buying it. It's okay. Don't worry. I'm buying it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's they're an alternative folk band. And I've got to admit, I know not much about alternative folk bands, but this this will be my introduction to that. So, yeah, £4, HMV in Wigan, quaintest show on earth. Get on it. Support local. I think that's the the motto here. Um, but another part of it, we are obviously part of it, in our local focus section now. I just wanted to talk about the Shed Project, which you can catch up on our latest articles on the WN35 Music website. Um, and they've released a, a new single from the Shed. They're a five-piece band from Bolton. And a latest single called Lucky Numbers. You can check it out on Facebook and you can check it out on Twitter and they're on Spotify. So I love it. I, I love it because you just got in contact with us and went, we've released a new song and we're from it. We make music in a shed. And I'm like, I love that. It's just, that's, that is the grassroots of, of, of music. Like you've got grassroots football and grassroots sports. That is grassroots of, of uh, music. And Mike, Mike probably might be able to tell us a bit more on how you kind of create a band and where the ideas come from, um, you know, practicing in your dad's garage or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, mate. I don't know. Um, yeah, just uh, just write about things that mean something to you, I think, if, if you're talking about songwriting. Well, just about anything, really, if you're starting a band and you're, you're setting up and just the practicing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Being in a band is uh, is hard graft, especially if you're doing your own songs, which we talked about earlier. A lot of venues will only book you if you took a couple of covers in and stuff, and it's kind of like, well, we've got a story to tell, but you're wanting us to 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 put a cover in there. Um, because as you know, a lot of people they're not really interested in stuff they haven't heard before, are they? They, they just want to hear the familiar stuff, which is cool, but yeah, it's uh, it's hard work being an originals band, very much so, very much so. So all all out respect to anyone who's in an originals band. And also, there's a band from Wigan called Deep Shade. Don't know if you guys have heard of them. Check them out; that they're amazing, and they're set for big things as well. They just got a, a good record deal as well. A little bit rocky, proggy, psychedelic stuff. Fantastic. Just gently makes a note of Deep Shade. Deep shade. 
just quickly, I think it is a frustration of a lot of bands, the cover thing. Because I know, like you said, some bands are really reluctant to do that because they want to play their own stuff. But I suppose that's a reflection of the consumerist society that we live in. Everyone wants things, they want uh, delights instantly, if you know what I mean. And I think that is sort of a... A disadvantage of music industry now is a lot of people. Some people don't like listening to new stuff. If you know what I mean, they don't want to put that effort in. Like whereas, if an artist I like releases a new album um, and it's different, I mean we've spoke about it plenty. But if it's a different sound to what they normally do, you you do see that it gets people's backs up a little bit, and they're like, "Wow, well, why they don't? They're not sounding like they used to." Whereas I'm the the flip side to that, and I'm like. I'll, I'll listen to it and I'll listen to it again and then I start to like dissect it a bit more and nine times out of ten I end up liking it and I appreciate the fact that they're going down a, a different route so um, yeah I'm I'm with my big respect to people who put the graft in and want to you know make something out of being in a band and making their own tunes and what they mean to them and it's not all about the glitz and glamour is it it's about the love for music which is the beauty of it I think yeah and that, that kind of goes back to what we were saying with, with uh, Scully on uh, from Creature Creature last week, and you can catch that uh, encore podcast on our Facebook and our Twitter and on Spotify. And he was saying, you know, it's finding them people who actually want to put the hard work in, and you know, they're doing everything themselves, they're ringing around venues, trying to book venues, and that's hard when nobody's ever heard of you. I mean, um, I I know I certainly probably not got the patience to have been in a. I mean, I'd love to have been in a band, but. It would have had to have been a bit plug and play, really, for me. I think I'm going to sound really old here. I'm probably going to sound like my dad. Um, I think maybe the digital age has got something to contribute to not people not ready for, not wanting to listen to anything that they're not used to. It's because think about it, you go on Spotify, you can just pick a song and play it. Where if you had a vinyl, I mean, CDs were slightly different because you could skip to it, but even if you had an old tape player, cassette player, I mean, I remember being in cars. You just had to listen to the, the, you know, the album in full. You couldn't just skip to a song. You had to, you had to listen to track one through to five, turn it over, and then six through to ten. And maybe maybe it's the digital age that's kind of doing that. But I sound really old saying that. Hundred percent. And I think um, that's what I mean about people wanting things instantly. Like Spotify, just so easy to get a song. But then I talked to my dad about how he used to sit there on a Sunday night uh, listening to the top 40 or whatever with a cassette, pressing pause when the presenter starts speaking and record when he, when the song comes on. So then he would record the whole top 40 onto a, on, onto a cassette tape and he had to sit there for hours. But people, yeah. them songs now, you can just go on Spotify and type it in and there's no real effort to it anymore, is there? Unless you're like us and, you know... You actually put effort into <laughs> yeah. trying new stuff and listening to new things. I feel I feel like um, the digital age is the death of the album, really, because I think the way it's going is bands will just every couple of months release a single. I think that's the kind of the way it's going. But I know you have to release singles to get popular. But again, if we go back to Led Zeppelin, you know, they never released singles because they wanted people to listen to the albums. Do you know what I mean? I think they released a whole lot of love in Spain, for example. But uh, yeah, you had to listen to the Led Zeppelin albums, and like like Rob was saying, you couldn't skip tracks. You had to wait. Well, you can, but you damage your vinyl, like. But 
yeah, it's definitely the album. It seems to me like that's the way it's going to go. I'm, I'm not so sure about that myself because, say, if I stick a, a classic album on, I tend to skip the singles. Interesting. Yeah, I tend to skip the singles. Not in every case, but, yeah. Jay, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on the... Dish. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I think with it going more digital, it allows people to explore more. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, artists that are putting the new sound out, like, they don't really care if people go out and buy the stuff because they know people can listen to it anyway. Because, like, I can start on Spotify and then find five brand new artists I've never heard of in my life and then listen to all their stuff like like that so I don't have to go out buy this buy that buy this buy that and go listen to three or four albums in a row just on a loop really so I just think while it might be the death of albums I think overall it will help music in the long run because it'll be more accessible for more people and more globally as well because most times and I could be completely wrong in saying this People only really bought albums, unless they were like mega, mega bands. They only really bought the local stuff, didn't really stretch out. But now, through digitally, I'm like, I listen to Capture and Bottoms from Wales, who I probably might have never heard of, like, if it wasn't for the digital age. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pros and cons, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. You know, you're it's right. It's a good Definitely point. Right. It's a good point. Yeah. It's a good, good discussion, to be honest. It is. Because Capture and Bottoms are a good example because they built up a following through social media and stuff like that and um i went to college with a girl and she used to go watching them when they were um like underground basically and she's like watched and they, they know she knows them personally and like she's been on that journey with them now where they're selling out arenas and stuff so yeah pros and cons 100 100 i think i think that's kind of segued off the local focus but we've we've covered some good points there and because there's two of us doing it this week I've given us a little bit longer because it is our feature finish. And uh, as as normal, I'll give you a bit of a rundown. We take an artist and we pick 10 songs from the albums and the discography that they've had. Um, and we create what we like to think is a, a super album. And um, we've had No Gallagher already, where I picked 11 songs. Granted, one was a bonus track. Jay has done The uh, Bossoms. I've done New Order. Key has done Cortinas. But this week... Okay, I'm going to have to hand it over to you now because I can't intro myself. Well, I can, but I don't want to. Same thing that I always say. Um, you, you pretty much uh, explain what it is. And as always, um, these two albums are immortalised via the medium of Spotify playlist. If you just search WN35 Music on Spotify, you'll not only will you f- be able to follow us to listen to these podcasts, but you'll also be able to see our profile. And then you can see our playlists. We 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 uh, embody them. Our feature finishes into Spotify playlists. Um, so Rob and Mike, I don't know how you're going to do this. Are you going to do it together? Are you going to want you do it first? And I don't know. Just I'm just going to stir the pot and let you. I don't. I, I say I'm 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 happy to let the guests go first. Well, we should make it like a double album. I'll do oh. ten. I'll do ten for this one. You do ten for this two, or, or vice versa. What what are your thoughts on that, Kate? Breaking the rules again, but I'm I'm happy. Um, well, it's two different people, and you're both going to do ten tracks, so you're not you're just bending the rules. You're not breaking them like you broke them in the first ever <laughs> one again, when you had a bonus track. Um, was that was that an intentional like pun? Bend. Ah, was that an intentional ah, pun? the bends. Yes, I get. I, I like that. 
Um, uh, yeah, let's do it. I mean, double albums seem to be. I mean, we've we've spoke enough about Circle Waves double album, so I'm yeah. alpha. Um, double album you know, it is. Let's do it. Go for it. Right. I mean, I've got ten here, but now I'm looking down at my honourable mentions just in case, and I'm desperately sweating. Now I want to start this, and I want to start it with a song that just makes Key crawl with with the sound of it, and it is everything in its right place off Kid A, and that piano intro is fantastic. Now I'm happy for that to go in anywhere in the album, but I would like it in somewhere. I'm gonna have to write this down, aren't I? Key's, key's nodding away. We we'll have to write it down for Key. Well, what's going to happen is I imagine you're going to cross over at some point. So you, there's going to be some frantic substitutions, I imagine, with the. Uh... Are we are we allowed to duplicate or not? I would say no. Because I'd say we... no because then. Oh. Okay. Because you won't have a double album with. Right. I've shot myself in the foot with that suggestion then, haven't I? Well, you two, you should have thought about this, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll do it together. (laughs) Right, so I think what we're going to have to do is get 20 songs between you and then somehow come up with some kind of order. Let's discuss disc one. Can, can, actually, I've got before we combine them together so we know what's doubled up. This was my ten track super album, which I'd done on my own. Just so then we can throw that out there. I had opening with everything in its right place of Kid A, Paranoid Android off OK Computer, Fake Plastic Trees, The Bends, Subterranean Homesick Alien off OK Computer, Creep off Pablo Honey, Two Plus Two Equals Five off Hail to the Thief, I Might Be Wrong off Amnesiac, Nice Dream from the Benz, electioneering from OK Computer, and then I finished with Street Spirit from the Benz. Now, I think Street Spirit, because, I, I, you know me, I'm a sucker for having an opening song in an opening position and a closing song in a closing position. So I, Street Spirit by the Benz, I think, was possibly Radiohead's best closing song. I mean, I'm happy to anybody to disagree with me. <laughs> Jay doesn't know Radiohead. It's very hard to play on guitar, that one, as well. I'm. Um... It is. Still not mastered it. I was a casual fan, but I'm, I'm a casual when it comes to Radiohead, so I know Creep and all the, the classics. Yeah, so yeah, uh, I only know Creep. <laughs> only <laughs> Creep. They, um, they're against the grain, aren't they? You know. Yeah. What I mean? yeah. So I do respect them for that, and he's he's got some kind of aura about him, hasn't he, Tommy York? So that is uh, a good way of describing it. So, yeah, I think they're pretty cool. And they've done two mega Glastonbury headline sets, like the famous one, uh, which ties in nice, actually, but they did the, the oh, I can't remember what year it was, but it absolutely teamed it down with rain. And they thought they were going to have to, like, not do it. And it's become, think, like, an iconic set. And then they did I, it again not too long ago. The, the I want to say they did it in the 90s and it chucked it down because um, NME did the not the worst Glastonbury mock. Well, yeah, they did the worst Glastonbury mock. It's like... When it rained, when there was riots, when there was helicopter land, uh, air ambulance landing, when it was re- when there was like a canoe in the campsite because it was rain that hard. Um, but no, you're right because Radiohead was the only headliner of that festival that actually played, and everybody loved them and respected them. I think um, it was '97. You, see '97, Radiohead. There you go, Glastonbury '97 is a pinnacle year. See, it's just you, you can't write like this is not that <laughs> happened by complete accident. We've not scripted that whatsoever. But yeah, that that's become an icon and they did it again yeah. 17 maybe 
Yeah, they did um, it again before the again. general election when it was Jeremy Corbyn up against Theresa May and uh, Tom York was on stage encouraging the crowd to say, oh, Jeremy Corbyn. There you go, that's the only bit I remember. I've got my respect for that. Anyway, let's get back to the tunes. Let's. I mean, I've got some honourable mentions down here. I, I, for, for my own, I did have the rest of the Benz and the rest of OK Computer, which I just left out. <laughs> <laughs> but... We need to we need to get on with so are we just throwing twenty songs in? I mean I don't know what songs you had crossed over. Well I had um I'll do I'll just do the we had, I had Paranoid Android in there, obviously. I had everything in its right place in there. And I also had Subterranean Homesick Alien in there as well. And I don't know if uh, anyone's familiar with Turing Breaks. Uh I've I've yeah, I've not really listened to him. Yeah, well, their the first album, the, the big single off that was Underdog, and they basically took the, the guitar riff from Subterranean Homesick Alien and just totally rip it off. Both great songs, but... <laughs> yeah, so that was another duplicate I had in. So, right, because I've frantically had to put some new ones in. So I, I think the first track for me has got to be the first track off the first album, Pablo Honey, and it's uh, called You. And what I like about that is, like... Uh, like one of you was saying, they do go against the grain. And the good thing, the interesting thing about that for me is, to go all technical for just a second, is they've got three bars of six and then a bar of five. So the riff is like one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, and then repeat. So that's that's very much against the grain. Look at that. That is music yeah. at its rawest. Yeah. I love that. It's prog rock, baby. That's... that's <laughs> The prog rock and jazz, really. Uh, second track, again, off the same album, would be How Do You. The track three off the bends would be My My Iron Lung. Great song. Uh, yeah, track four would be The Benz. Track five, I've put Urbag. First track off um, OK Computer. Then I've got Let Down, again. Off no uh, okay computer. Then I know I said to you before that I tend to skip the singles, but I have gone for no surprises, and not so much because of the song, just because of the video. Oh yeah, the video is really good. I think he did uh, this round on the video, didn't he? Uh, not far off. Uh, I don't know if you've not seen the video. He has a a clear tank on his on his head, which is uh, sealed at the bottom, and water is introduced to it slowly but you can see the lyrics passing on the on the the clear uh ball that's on his head and the water fills up to the point where he's just underwater and he holds he holds his breath for a good chunk of the song yeah well i think if they they did it now it'd be all cgi but it was actually for real weren't it yeah because you can tell when when the uh when the, the the water finally drops out of the the ball off his head that he is gasping for a so yeah that is a very good um very good music video yeah and then i'll have the uh, planet telex off the bends and uh, i frantically had to find a new one to replace home uh, subterranean homesick alien so again i'm gonna go with karma police um the just the lyrics are fantastic uh how many is that is that nine yeah you're on nine okay um because I've got some duplicates here, let me 
quickly think. I mean, it's very heavily the first four albums, mine, to be honest with you. So I will go with Kid A, the title track off Kid A. So I um, say if we take that and we make that disc one, and then now we take the ones which I suggested and make that disc two, then we've got, there you go, big double album. So, it's, a, it's a best off for music snobs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, do you, do you just want to read through the, the track list for both so we just get a clear sort of read through, if you know what I mean? Of course. So on our Radiohead super, super album, uh, we've got on disc one, which is You by uh, from Pablo Honey, How Do You from Pablo Honey, uh, My Iron Lung, The Benz, Airbag, Let Down, No Surprises, Planet Telex, Karma Police, and he's finished with Kid A. And then when you flip it over and you bang on disc two, you've got everything in its right place from Kid A, Paranoid Android, uh, Fake Plastic Trees, Subterranean Homesick Alien, Creep, 2 plus 2 equals 5, I might be wrong, nice dream, electioneering, and then it's finished with Street Spirit. I mean, let's sell that album. Let's let's make it and sell it. Let's pitch it to Tom York. Let's go, we've made a super, super album. You've got no say in this. We've had the say in this. Uh, I do have some honourable mentions. Like, like I joking around said, the rest of the Ben's an OK computer. Have we uh, got any happy songs we can put on that, Rob? Any happy ones? Did we do, do, do any it. happy ones? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the the chorus in 15 Step Off in Rainbows, which I actually wanted to include, but I couldn't, was 15 Steps, then a sheer drop. So that's not really, it's not really cheerful. No. Um, Hunting Birds might be cheerful because they don't, there's no lyrics in it. I right. mean, that, 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 that might be classed as cheerful. So you could um, be eating a Vianetta and listening to it and you're in a happy place. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I also had the National Anthem off Kid A as well. Um, really like the baseline in that, um, and the Reckoner from uh, Reckoner and House of Cards from In Rainbows, and, and other the, can't get me with words out and out. And the other two from uh, In Rainbows, which I also wanted to give a, a mention to because I hardly liked the the In Rainbows album. It got absolutely slated, but it was the one that you could pay however much you wanted for the album, literally whatever you wanted. If you wanted to pay a penny for the album, that was fine. They weren't bothered. I think my dad paid seven quid because that's how much an album should cost or something like that but i just like the album i don't know if you've got any key that you want to are you upset that we didn't mention um i think you've named all the ones that i know so. <laughs> um like Ooh, actually, creep karma police i've just I, i've thought of one off the bends uh just yes oh. yeah yeah oh i think that was a single you know it was. No, I'm not. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm not going to change no, my I'm mind. Yeah. So uh, look out for that. Um, it is two, ten-track super albums between me and Mike uh, that has come together to make uh, one twenty-hit double album. We've gone around it again. We've broke the rules again, Key. <laughs> next week, next time, we're going to have to be really ruthless. I might make Jay do a Liam Gallagher super album next time. Yeah, see, he's he's curious. Uh, might jump. Not allowed Oasis songs, just to clarify before we even go down that road. <laughs> you can't put Oasis songs. In. What about off the MTV Unplugged album? Here's a Liam Gallagher album. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm gonna, no, it's gonna have to be studio albums on there. Anyway, I'll take down the strict 
prison rules. And we'll get to it anyway. So. Why do they only read the strict rules? <laughs> the rules left, right, and centre. Yeah, it's just. Um, I put strict rules on myself for New Order, so you know. One out of three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we could discuss this all day of how I've broken the rules, but I think we'll leave it there, uh, chaps. Mike, thank you very much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to no, have thank you insight, your story and your knowledge on the music world. And thank you for telling us that 1997 was the best Glastonbury that's ever been. <laughs> 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 Uh, thank you, of course, to Jay and Kieran as well for the efforts as usual and chatting rubbish about music as usual. Uh, you can catch up on the rest of our podcasts that we've done on Spotify, Facebook, on the WN35 Music website and on Twitter. Uh, they're also on Apple, Google and Anchor FM for those for anybody using those platforms. And don't forget, you can check out all our articles and us on Facebook, Twitter and wherever else we are, YouTube, Google, just Google us, WN35 Music, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Thank you very much for listening.